Welcome to Mystical Musings Podcast, where we connect to spirit and give you a different perspective on spiritual topics and engaging conversations with community leaders, healers, and teachers. I am so excited to welcome our special guest, Bill Mays. His background is fantastic. He holds two master's degrees, one in information technology and a master's in traditional Chinese medicine. He is a medicine man, an energy healer who works with biofields. His spiritual path and journey are the seeker of truth and the minister of God's work. His training is comprehensive and vast with herbalism, close relationship with grandmother plant medicine. He is a member of the Santo Daimi Church. He's also a student of philosophy and ancient mysteries. Welcome, Bill. I'm so glad you're here on this journey with us today. Hey, me too. Thank you for having me. Bill and I have deep conversations where we push the other to look at things differently and challenge the other's beliefs and ideas without judgment and with an open heart. Today, we're taking you on this journey with us. You have an amazing background. So first, kind of tell me before we dive deep into this deep kind of subject of extension and transition, what kind of led you onto this healing path? Well, I've always kind of been interested in um, the ancient mysteries and in herbal medicine. It's always been a more of a hobby of mine. I was a network administrator for University of Colorado for 13 years. And as herbalism was a hobby of mine, and it was always calling to me, it was calling to me to, to really change my path. I felt like my soul was being drained when I would do my IT work, uh, but it was a solid career. And, you know, I went to school for it. And finally, I just listened to spirit and decided to take the leap and resign and go to Chinese medicine school. And uh, once I did that, I felt a, felt a huge burden off of me and felt like I was able to pursue my true soul's calling. And um, that's what kind of led me on the, on the path. We've been hearing the words, the age of ascension and transition. And when I use those words in terminology with, with you, what does that bring up? What is those ideas that swirl in your head that come in? The big thing that comes to mind is um, recognizing that it's an age of transition. It's not really an age of ascension quite yet because we have a long way to go uh, to get to that path. But it is an age of transition, transitioning from, from one age to another. And those transition ages can be generations long. So we just have to recognize that there are things that need to take place during this age of transition, things that we don't always look at. And as people on a spiritual path, it's important to kind of change your perception and to really delve deep and to contemplate ideas and things that we are working on. So when you mean contemplate ideas and things we're working on, we got to expand that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we are going to. <laughs> we're going so to. Let's kind of dive okay, so, into that. You know, okay, so I'll start with this. The age we are entering is an age that the Holy Spirit is the pervader of the age, the pervader of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. It's a very important aspect of the Trinity. It's the the giver of wisdom. It's the sacred sciences. It's the the prophets. It's the divine teachers. And it's it's an opportunity for us now to actually start contemplating and to start listening to the Holy Spirit without fear of persecution and in a safe space. So going into some examples, a lot of people on the spiritual path are really waking up to uh, the sacred sciences. So what is that? For example, astrology is a sacred science. 
a lot of people are really starting to connect with our solar system and the cosmos. And it's really beautiful. And, you know, we, we got to be proud of humanity for really stepping back into these roles and trying to get an understanding of, of these sacred sciences and using them in our everyday life. Now, one thing with the age of transition is uh, really delving into these ideas and concepts and understanding what they mean. I'll use an example with the, the new moon. And we often, people that are on the path, work with the moon energy now and it's really beautiful it's really beautiful and we have to like honor it and not judge judge it in any way and be proud of the steps that humanity are taking but we also need to contemplate the meanings of these things and really delve deep into the understandings of these uh, ideas now with the new moon for example the new moon is really it's used almost inappropriately and it's hard to say these things so i don't want to judge and i don't want to sound judgy when i when i say them but the new moon, the idea of the new moon is the, the moment when the, the sun and the moon are, there's a conjunction, right? Which means the sun is behind the moon, which causes the moon to be dark. We call that the new moon. That's not an appropriate term for the new moon. It's really a dark moon. It's really a black moon. It's a no moon. A new moon is when you start seeing the sun appearing back into the moon. So that small little first little sliver. Yes, it's the very first crescent. crescent. Mm -hmm. It's a very first crescent. And when we work with the new moon, a lot of people understand the energy behind it. They know what it means. They understand that it's, you know, it's a time of degeneration. It's a time of putrefaction. It's a time of calcination. It's a time of death. Calling it a new moon is really letting the patriarchy still take hold of something that is the most feminine, the most yin, the darkest energy in our solar system that we work with. We call it a new moon and that gives it, you know, a, a masculine kind of twist to it because that is the real new moon with the crescent is starting to come back into the masculine energy. part, energy of the moon. So to really sit and maybe, you know, take an opportunity with the next dark moon to call it the dark moon because even by saying those words, it's a frequency that really changes if you just sit here and think about it. Say dark moon and then say new moon. You could feel the energetic frequency kind of shifts because we go back into the darkness when we say the dark moon. We're recognizing the, the true feminine aspect. It's not a, a coincidence that the dark moon corresponds with the menstrual cycle, right? Oh, yeah. The, or, the, or actual menstruation, something that has also been persecuted and looked down yeah. upon and taboo and ugly. When it's the so dark, sacred. Yeah, and the dark, but the dark moon is not pretty, but it's beautiful. About going into that deep inner part of ourselves. Right, right. right? It's the true shadow aspect. aspect it's yes. a true shadow aspect and, because it's death. It's. But I think we have to re kind of put some things around death. When we use the word death, it's not like the death of. It's the transition and change of something that no longer serves you. Right. 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 And yeah. that's why you know when yeah. I said when I used words like calcination. Instead of death, but people, you know, a lot of people don't really understand what that means. Calcin, well, you know, calcination, a calcination process is, is a breaking down of the elements. You know, it's the uh, degeneration of, of a physical form. So it's not really dying. It's really just breaking down. Uh, let's talk about a human being, just breaking down the, the physical form back into the elements. Into the alchemy of into, everything. Yeah, and, back and, but the soul that. doesn't die. We don't die. We're just like uh, re-transformed into something else. So the Newman energy is just that. It's, it's 
it's calcination mean time. Dark moon. The dark moon. The dark moon, yeah. The dark moon. See, I do it too, but I'm trying. I'm I know. Trying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start working that. So you're going to start seeing this change in the newsletters mm-hmm. because of this conversation that we're having, because I want to honor the trueness and the true energy of that cycle. And these are on all the ancient texts, these ideas. Oh, these aren't things, you know, that I'm just making up, but I do com- contemplate them and I do try to change my, my verbiage. You know, because the new moon is a time of, you know, fertilization. You can't plant a seed without fertilization. You can't plant a seed without healthy soil, which is caused by the death of other things. You know, it's a time of contemplating what has happened in the past. Uh, a womb cannot support life unless it's cleansed of, of things that have died within it. You know, so it's just honoring that. And then we step into the new, the new moon phase, which is when we start seeing the light reborn. It's more of like a an Aries energy, you know, it's a young, you know, a young energy, a young life. It's the, the seeds starting to sprout of the things that we're trying to manifest. Yeah. But we can't manifest anything until we have a fertile soil. Right? Yeah, you know, I, mean, I think we also have to discuss, I mean, I think the shadows gets a bad rap, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's <laughs> Everyone hard. always thinks it's so negative mm-hmm. and it's actually where we hold a lot of our gifts of our spirit within because that's the place of creation that's the place of that abundance being expressed out right or that manifestation being expressed out and, and it's very much a feminine aspect and that's why it's <laughs> it's yeah. been downplayed and then this is the shift that we are going to say when you're talking about ancient text or ancient teachings what does that entail like you know that just can be a general term but what like are there certain texts that you're referring to or teachings that you're referring to into that piece i mean we could even get into the biblical text the the ideas in the the bible you know something that most people in america kind of can relate to but also in you know ancient hindu texts and you know any ancient text at the mesopotamian you know the cuneiform tablets they all carry these ideas and these concepts. Yeah, the Emerald Tower, right. all of that, mm-hmm. you know, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, and they all carry <laughs> these ideas, you know. It's not something that's just, you know, but it's somewhere been lost and somehow we've adopted, <laughs> we know why it's been lost, you know, it's not it's not a mystery, but we've adopted these, these terminologies and we use them freely and daily. And, and again, we have to understand it's a time of transition, so just even speaking of the new moon, but understanding the energy behind it is really sacred and it's beautiful and we honor people for doing that. But it's time to like make these little shifts and there's a lot of ideas and concepts that we could you change. Know, and I, I feel and like change. that's going to be what's really going to happen, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of this is coming to the forefront. I'm seeing it. I'm being hurt. It being talked about more openly where before it was kind of be- behind closed doors and Shh, don't share this. information so i'm excited you know i'm telling you and the thing is is like yes you're hearing about transition and what people have to realize too when we go through any kind of transition and shift there's a grieving process Mm -hmm. because you have to grieve what you used to know what was comfortable to and let that the ideas of how that's how the idea of it being set was with you because it's comfortable yeah it's It's comfortable, comfortable right even if it's toxic it's still comfortable yeah. Yeah. So it's it's scary sometimes moving into these transitions and it, it can bring up fear. And so the piece that you it's important to acknowledge that. It's to acknowledge the grief, it's to acknowledge the fear, but not hold on to it. And those are those are very much representative of the dark moon. 
which is an age that we're in right now. We're in an age of dark moon. And this is a, you know, this is in regards to like a 40,000 year cycle. So I'm not going to get into that, but this, you know, this age that we're in right now, we are in the age of a dark moon process. So, you know, those ideas you're talking about are very much relevant um, with what's happening now. And I can give a little, you know, a little example, maybe a little story if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's a biblical story and I just want to give you two We'll make it short, but it's going to be two different concepts of uh, change of an age. Um, and you could see the differences of, the, of this concept. And it's the story of Moses on Mount Sinai uh, receiving the commandments. Okay, so Moses was on Mount Sinai fasting for 40 days. Okay, and there he saw the Holy Spirit and he, he spoke to God. And God gave him the commandments. Once Moses came down from the mountain, he saw uh, the Israelites worshiping a golden calf. And he was angry. And he broke the tablets <laughs> and went back to the mountain and had to re-scribe uh, these commandments and bring them back to the Israelites. That's the story that we see. And when we see this, these pictures that these uh, wonderful artists have painted of the Israelites worshiping this big giant gold calf and we just kind of go with that like okay well that's what it is god is a you know god is an angry god and moses is an angry uh, prophet now i'll tell you the story <laughs> of the the real story of what happens in these ages of transition moses was the second child of the pharaoh an orphaned or adopted child of the pharaoh so he wasn't in line to be the king he was second in line, and the second in line doesn't have the duties of a king. He has the ability to, to really study the ancient scrolls. You gotta remember Egyptian pharaohs had access to all the ancient wisdom. They had libraries that were vast and full of knowledge. The second in line was really kind of in line as a, as a high priest and had, was very studious and was taught all these ancient things, the wisdom. That's why he was chosen, right? So when he went to fast for 40 days, he had the ability to comprehend a lot of the, the mysteries, the ancient mysteries. He received the instruction from God, and the real instruction he received was very deep. He was there for 40 days and 40 nights. He received very intricate instructions, um, instructions on astrology, instructions on health, instructions on prayer, instructions on the following the sun and the moon and the stars. And when he came down to his people, he was so excited to share all this wisdom, and he got there. And he saw them and he remembered, these are slaves. They are slaves with zero education. They've been scrambling through the desert for years and years, trying to survive with zero education. And the only God they ever had was the, the God, the Pharaohs. And maybe where would they ever get this big chunk of gold? They were slaves, they had nothing, migrating through the desert but they did need comfort. So they were trying to find comfort in the calf, the Taurus, because they were just getting out of the Taurian age. They were hard to let go of that, as, as toxic as it was for them. It was hard for them to let go of that. And Moses, in his you know minor frustration, because Moses was a prophet, he was very loving, and God is very benevolent and understanding. They don't want to judge you like that. They're like, okay, let's give them something they could understand. So we'll give them these basic commandments so they could at least start a transition, very basic things that they could follow. That's an age of transition, understanding that these slaves were still 
stuck on the Torian age and they didn't want to leave it because that's the only comfort they ever found. They didn't understand what was ahead of them. And that's kind of where we are now. That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what sounds more, you know, what sounds more legitimate? Oh, a yeah. God you know, that understands or a God that's angry? A oh, prophet yeah. that's, that doesn't understand the, the enslavement process that you're going through or one that's going to be angry and break these tablets and just, you know. No, when you think of source energy... You call it God. I call it source. Mm -hmm. if you and go, God doesn't care what you Yeah, call. I know. It doesn't. It doesn't. The energy is all around love. The absolute highest vibration of love. And that's, it's never about that judgment. When you've ever had a, have you ever had a near-death experience? Um, I don't think so, no. Maybe oh. maybe in medicine. <laughs> well, in medicine, but not like a real physical. No, that'll be for another subject matter. <laughs> I mean, but, I, that's what literally started me on my healing path. I had a near-death experience birthing my first child into this plane. And before, I was always wanting to leave this plane. I didn't want to be here. I was in depression. I, I didn't like life. And then I was given a choice when I was bringing in this light child into the world. And literally, it was nothing but the energy of love. Like, I can never even tell you the the energy nothing i've ever experienced has ever come close to it they gave me a choice i had a choice and then then they gave me this this light child that i had to be like you know how to do what <laughs> and so it changed my whole world my whole perspective and things like that and i knew from that moment on everything we were taught in our our catholic upbringing that god was not judgmental mm -hmm. It was a place of love, understanding, grace mm -hmm. to, it's just like when you're working with your children, you're not, you don't disown them because they're making mistakes. Mm -hmm. You guide them gently and say, okay, let's pick you up and let's walk with you. Proud of them for taking one step. You know, yeah. that's the thing with this age of transition as well is like understanding that every step towards evolution matters. It doesn't matter. Like you don't have to reach perfection in this lifetime. So the reason why, you know, it's so important to believe in reincarnation. You know, there's a reason why we're taught not to believe in reincarnation. It's, there's a reason why you're taught you die, you go to hell or heaven. Because it makes it very selfish in this lifetime. It makes you think that all you can achieve in the physical form is in this lifetime. When you believe in reincarnation, you could start understanding that, well, my duty is to make this world better for those that have passed that are coming into life as I'm alive. And then preparing this planet for me when I come back into this life. It makes things so makes things make so much more sense. Every step in this age of transition and every step that you take towards ascension, towards enlightenment, towards the perfection of humanity matter. Every little thing you do. Oh, I you love know? that. So we don't judge, you know, I don't judge somebody for not isn't really working towards this, you know, on this path and they're very selfish, but they have a thought. <laughs> a thought of like, what if I did this? That's progress in this lifetime. Oh yeah. That's progress. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're seeing so many people coming on to this awareness, right? To becoming aware of their higher self into that connection and then to that reality of past lives, into that reality that their soul is internal. And that can be a little bit intimidating sometimes when you think of it eternal, right? I know with me, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want to be on this planet again for another go around. I may want to go somewhere else next time. But also you have no concept of 
how long you've already been here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. sure we've been here for millions of years oh. already. And it's like, I, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And we haven't even experienced the perfection yet. Oh, no. Uh, you know, or that, we have. I think we have. I think, I think we have to keep us moving on this path. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you think, remember. You yeah, remember I think where we, we've been. Yeah, I think <laughs> even like through the, you know, through ceremony, meditation, through experiencing, you know, sacred plant medicine, you're reminded of those pieces and you can take those back to say, okay, I'm recharged. I'm ready to keep going. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we always hear the term or catchphrase oneness and, you know, the deep beliefs in this concept. How does that, like, you tell me your view on that. You know, it's also, you know, the age of transition is also, you know, we're understanding what oneness means. And, and on a physical level, we understand, you know, the physical form is not really a solid form. So that means we're all really connected, you know, in that way. But also we're connected as, as humanity. You know, we say oneness so often and, you know, we feel it true in our heart until it's, you're really challenged in that way. We talk about oneness in our prayers and in our philosophy when we're communicating with each other but do we really know what it means oneness really means supporting each other on a soul level for example so oneness is has been a kind of a catchphrase in the spiritual community and it's an understanding that we all are one that everything in the universe is one that we are not solid forms that we are all vibrating at a certain frequency and we are interconnected but we lose that concept when we start really being challenged with what oneness is. For example, Rush Limbaugh, when he passed, there were many people that were dancing on his grave and, and really celebrating his death in a negative way, <laughs> in a negative way, being grateful for his death, uh, telling him to rot in hell and, you know, wishing his soul the worst. You know, we don't have to... Uh, believe in his ideas and his concepts when he was alive and we should resist those ideas and concepts vocally and loudly but once they pass we really have to connect with the idea of oneness and pray for their souls and understand that they were victims of indoctrination they were victims of the institutions of this world that have us enslaved social media Social media, the news, the news yeah, the presidents, on. the governments, food, the pharmacy, exactly, everything. poisoned in so many ways. And somebody like that never had the opportunity to, re to really reach their true soul self. And we pray for that. We pray for those people and we have an understanding of why they were the way they were. And it really, you know, almost wasn't their fault. You know, we don't give them a pass, but we do pray for their soul so that when they reincarnate, they're able to serve humanity in the appropriate way, the way that their soul really is meant to serve. You know, we could really get into some really dark stuff too when we start talking about conquistadors, when we start talking about genocide of indigenous people. And we look at these conquistadors or these, you know, these warriors that, that wiped out whole civilizations and we forget that they are in our DNA. They are in our blood. And we got to remember that these, you know, a lot of these warriors and these soldiers never had an option. They never had a choice. They were swooped up as children, taught to fight, taught to murder, taught to rape, taught that anything 
besides what they were were savages. And that's, that's and what's they, going on in Africa. Yeah, like, that's like, going on all over the world. world. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's not their fault. We don't, you know, we don't give them a pass. We don't, you know, we don't like, but we do know once they pass, once they die, we pray for their souls. That we pray that the, the light and their higher self. And that was, you know, one of the things that you really taught me to do with some of our conversations is I started connecting to people I was really struggling with in the political realm, and I'm not going to name names, but to look at and ask spirit to show you their higher self. And guess what? You'll get a reality that you did not want, that you did not expect, because you will see that light being that they are. That they truly are. Yeah, that they truly are. And you are. want them to be that. Yeah. And the only way they could be that is with support of all the rest of humanity and with yeah. our prayer and with our, you know, hope and wishful thinking and, and you know, the, the energy we give them. So I always tell people that, like, go into a journey, go into a meditation and ask to see the higher self of the situation, to see the light of the situation. And you may be surprised in what you're shown. Mm -hmm. And it may give you different eyes and let you let go of holding on to an idea or a concept so roughly that you can let it go and let it be what it needs to be. And that you can send something, as you say, with prayers and grace in a gentle way that's not full of anger, hate, um, disconnect, that you're able to really do it from a heart place mm -hmm. and move into that. Right. And when you do that, you know, we're my, my idea is that humanity will ascend together. I just don't prescribe to the idea of like person by person, soul by soul ascending. I think the bodhisattvas, the saints, the ascended masters never really had a choice to, to ascend to heaven. You know, there's an idea that bodhisattvas chose to work with humanity. No, they just reached another level but they're not truly in a heavenly space. They're You're going to ruffle some feathers in that. <laughs> yeah, you know, these are, and these are just my ideas and my <laughs> concepts, and I don't, you know, I'm just telling you, like, I contemplate these things, and I think about them. I just don't think, you know, if, we, if one person is to ascend, and they're willing to leave the rest of humanity, bye, I'm going oh, to no. go, go to heaven now, bye, bye. That makes you unworthy right there of ascension, willing to leave all of humanity. I think we need to... You know, when we have that concept that we ascend together as a whole, we reach the Garden of Eden together, we reach heaven together, that helps us support each other. That helps us pray for all the souls that, you know, we need them to reach that phase. Well, that's why us to move on. Well, that's what, you know, that comes back into past lives and even in this lifetime that we have soul family, people that have purposely incarnated with us to help us grow in these lessons to help us mature in ways that you know those soul contract lessons right and when we're talking about that that's doing it as a joint unit it's not one person that's doing it all for one it's all of us we've all taken these relationships and connections to say hey i'm going to boost you here and you help me here <laughs> you know and that's how it is with a lot of people and people don't realize you know most of the people that we come in contact and have a relationship with you made some kind of soul contract to say, this is what you're going to teach me or I'm going to teach you and how we're going to move through this ascension together. Yeah. So but when that, you're talking about that, that's what I think of. Right. Yeah. And that way, you know, it's it's pretty easy in that way, though, because there are people we love in their community 
when we're talking about people that no, are I'm oh, gotcha, too. Gotcha, no yeah, because those yeah. are part of our soul group yeah, too oh, absolutely. it's just not just the ones that are bring us love and light into uh, our world it's the ones that have taught us lessons to stand in our voice and our power that put us into the wounded healer path at least for me so we have this like deeper understanding of this connection right and we're, we just talked about the oneness and it's just when I look at oneness I think of a diamond I think we are all here to bring different perspectives, different views, different stuff for that collective oneness, right? We are not meant to be cookie cutters. Oh, absolutely not. No, we're no. meant to have this unique energy and vibration. That's why everyone has their unique energy frequency. We all have a unique frequency that's like a fingerprint. Nobody has the same frequency as yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's like saying, you know, is the is the red rose more beautiful than a purple violet you know no they're both very different but they both carry beauty and that's what the human experience is about you know it's it's the human experience is to be individuals and to have you know when we talk religions to have different guides and to have different deities we work with to be very different humanity is supposed to be very you know complex each and every one of us and have our own path to serve each other as well oh, yeah. and We're to honor all- yeah, it's the service of others, mm-hmm. right? And it's but when, when I say service of others, people always think like it's hard work. I don't want to, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely not. It's like helping be there's cheerleaders. It's helping us to kind of level up. Right. You know, it's that cooperation, literally. Right. That's what spirit's about, right? So let's kind of loop back to one of the things that you said about how everyone is learning how to connect to the cosmos through some of the ancient teachings. And you stepped, you, you tapped on one with astrology. Why is so astrology so important for people to start kind of at least getting some basic information around? Well, the astrology holds very powerful energies that we've totally strayed away from. And, and I use, you know, people say they don't believe in astrology often. They don't believe in the, the energy of the constellations or the sun and the moon. And I'll just give a little example of, of the, the energy that we witness as human beings. In a day cycle, we go through every archetype of the zodiac. High noon would be, high noon would be Leo or Cancer. When the sun rises would be Aries. And here's an, an idea of, the, of beings that, that really re- react to those energies. When the sun first breaks the horizon, the rooster crows. The rooster does not need to see the sun. I'm, these are things that you could witness, mm-hmm. right? You hear the rooster crow without s- the rooster seeing the sun. You hear that first crow, you could look at your clock and then see what time the sunrise is because you can't see the sun yet because there's mountains and there's trees and there's buildings, but it's breaking that, that plane. But the rooster is reacting to that energy, right? That's an energetic process that's taking place in a day cycle, a true energy that you can witness, that, that kind of proves the energy of the uh, zodiac anyway in the day. But in all the ancient texts, we're taught to follow the, soon, the sun, the moon, and the stars for signs and for seasons and for holidays. The energies really are very powerful times for prayer and meditation and fasting. But this Julian calendar doesn't allow for a lot of those things. It doesn't allow for us to really work with the moon processes especially. And that's the feminine sign of the zodiac. So, we, uh, so just you know, there's there's a lot of energy and uh, healing power and instruction in the astrology. Oh yeah. That we neglect. Oh yeah. I mean, and if you really start just learning some basic foundational pieces mm-hmm. around it, you'll start to learn your natal chart 
and you will see like your personalities are really and parts of what's unfold in your life really be you're like how did it know that right. yeah you know we could talk about you know one of from the smallest which is the day to one of the biggest which is the ages and one of the ages the age we're entering is an age of aquarius, aquarius. and and really delving into the understanding of what what aquarius is to you know as a transitional age so let's go into that what first, does it mean first of all aquarius is you know one of the only signs that is a human in form it's the water bearer right it's an air sign when we talk when i was saying that the holy spirit is the pervader of the trinity in this age the holy spirit is the breath of life it's the ruach the breath of life it's the air sign so when i talk about breathing the breath of life the breath of the holy spirit we're talking about real physical energy cycles. energy cycles oh, real yeah. physical breath of life we're talking about the air movements that carries the water molecules to us as the as the water bearer the water carries the wisdoms of the firmament the wisdom of the truth the wisdom of god all the all the instructions that god has given us when we work with the clean waters the air is the intellect the air is the intellect of mankind that's the age that we're entering it's a it's a mental creation age uh, of humanity we're going to literally see a boom that carries of, the water yeah, yeah we carry we carry the waters of, of wisdoms like wisdom beyond like things you can't even imagine are coming forth like that's what they've been showing me like i'm excited because i'm like and i'm a little bit intimidated too with some of the stuff that they show me that's going to be coming in with technology and and things like that but they also have been talking to me about how important that prana life force energy that you're talking about, that breath, taking that breath and that energy in. Because right now, and I've been talking about this through all my newsletters and podcasts, is that we've been getting certain frequencies and codes that are coming in, right? We just went through one with the two, 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 two portal, <laughs> right? And we, it's that time that that energy, that breath helps reactivate that energy in your body and just breathe. Take those breaths, set it up on your phone, your Apple Watch, whatever you need to do, just to take those few deep connected breaths to remind yourself every single day, right? So you talked a little bit about reincarnation earlier, and I think we need to kind of delve in what does reincarnation mean to you? We've talked about our, our souls are eternal, right? And so why do we reincarnate as different people or different races? What is the point of all that when we're being reincarnated in? Uh, the reincarnation process is, is just allowing us the opportunity to recreate Eden at our own pace. Uh, it's a way to learn lessons. It's a, it's a way to affect other beings and really pick up on what it means to be human, what it means to make mistakes, what it means to understand where we're headed and where we could be. It's just a process and a long process, free will and reaching the will of God, which is the Garden of Eden. Recreating Eden is the will of God in this physical form, in this physical life. You know, I, I sit back often and I'm like, you know how easy it is, how easy it would be to be back there? <laughs> how easy it would be if we all just submit to the natural order, oh, yeah. to the universal law, the if we all agreed. I remember when COVID started and we were on lockdown for whatever, a couple of weeks or whatever, and it was just like dead out there. I mean, as far as 
cars and people. Oh, yeah. But you could look out there and you could see the birds flying all over by the highways. Nature was, and nature was thriving and that's how quick it happens. You know, the reincarnation, you know, there's a there's a long process and I have a a lot of study on the idea of reincarnation and when the soul enters the body, when it leaves and how it enters and the portals it comes from and uh, to another podcast. It's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it's a but it's <laughs> so let's talk about you were talking to me about traditions of our ancestors and we're ready for this transitioning to for the health of the people. What did you mean by that? These concepts get really touchy, so I you know I try to be very cautious. But you know again they're my ideas and and my concepts of of these ideas and the ages of transition and understanding the traditions that have been in the past. For example, you know, we, there's a lot of sacredness behind a lot of the food that has been eaten in like indigenous communities for a long time. A lot of that is meat and the way they've been hunting animals for a long time and eating meat. And they've done it in beautiful and sacred ways. And we thank the meat for getting humanity through a time that they needed it to survive. And God understood that and God honored the way the human beings were hunting. Also grains, you know, we have this tradition of eating grains often and with our tortillas and our bread and it's survival food. And we thank it for getting our people through ages of of life and survival. And we thank the grain for that. And they did it in an honorable way. But now in this age of transition, we got to understand that traditions are meant to change. We no longer need to eat meat every day for survival. We no longer need to kill the animals. We have access to fruits, healthy fruits and vegetables. We no longer need to eat the grains and the wheat and the flowers because we don't need to store it for through the winter living in the wild. We don't need it anymore. It's unhealthy for us. These are ideas that we have to like start contemplating and thinking, what do we need to do to be healthy? And you know, these ancestors and these traditions are still carried out but they're unhealthy for us. They're truly unhealthy for us. You cannot debate that that wheat and grains are healthy for you. And our people eat them daily, all day, every day. I eat them, you know, but I try to my best to cut down and try not to, you know, not eat the flour and, you know. and it's hard. It's yeah, yeah, so and it's even and meat, you know, meat is something that a lot of our ancestors, living ancestors, like still eat three times a day. You know, they can say, well, I hunted it and it's fresh and, you know, I gave it a blessing and this and that, but it's, it's not good for you. Our people are unhealthy and they're not living long and they're not living healthy lives. And we have access now to healthier food. Well, I see that changing. I see that that social consciousness and awareness. Mm -hmm. And for the ones that like scientific proof with stuff, I encourage you to watch the docu-series Game Changers on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It just shows you how protein works in our body mm -hmm. and how our body fights it and goes to an um, inflammatory process mm -hmm. for my little science people if you want some proof of this we'll go there and grains and yeah. they talk they talk about you know it talks about wheats and stuff mm -hmm. like that because the true wheats are they've been modified so much it's no longer that true right. grain but even the true grains have things like lectins and yeah. you know they also cause inflammatory things and but i think mostly you're saying you know even though we've had set ways of doing things because it's been passed down through generations that we're in a time of transition and change and then it's okay to modify some of those right things. yeah and yeah. Tra tradition you know and here's the thing and and i'll explain my words because i do use certain words that trigger people and I'll explain them. <laughs> tradition over the word of God, tradition over the instruction from the universe, 
tradition, taking tradition over that is a sin. Okay. And when I talk about sin, I'm talking about a transgression against universal law. For example, putting your finger in, in the fire of a flame is a sin and you're going to pay for it by having a burnt finger. It's not a sin in the way that we think of sin. So a sin is just a transgression. We hold on to these traditions knowing that they're unhealthy for us just because it's been our ancestor did it. But they did it for a reason because they had to survive. They were migrating. They were living in the wild. They had to hunt. We don't need to do that. So we could make these changes, you know, and... And I think this even is said with ceremony and ritual too, right? I mean, I always say trust what spirit is giving you because it's giving you exactly what you're being guided for you, for you, right? Even when I put things out from my newsletters with ceremony and ritual, I encourage people, change it, make it yours, Make it and guide it for what is called to you. It doesn't have to be this like this because, you know, this is what Trina said. No, you get guided. You listen to your gut. Listen to that intuition of how it's telling you how to lead that ceremony and ritual for you. To receive the true instruction on those kind of things, you also need to be physically healthy. You know, we have to be physically healthy. We have to eat right and, you know, to really receive instruction. We disregard this human body also. There's also this idea of like, People say, this is all an illusion. This isn't real. You know, I'm like, that's discrediting this gift that of, of the human form, right. of the body, of the physical things that we work with. That's disregarding that gift that God has given us. Well, I know. It is a gift. So to have a, clean, to have a clear, clear channel and to eat healthy, we're able to really receive those instructions, our own rituals, our own ceremony. And what makes that less val- valid than whatever a prophet received thousands of years ago. And it doesn't make it less valid than that. It's, mm-hmm. it just as, it's just as valid. We have the ability to, to receive these instructions on how to work with the, you know, the, the sun, the moon, the stars, and our prayer, and our fasting, and all of these things. And how to work with your own ceremonies and rituals. And, and that, that piece that you're talking about, the human body is a gift. Literally one time when I was in deep meditation with my council of spirits, and they were showing me the waiting list that other spirits want to come in to be able to experience mm-hmm. this physical form. Mm-hmm. Like there is like a whole yeah. waiting list. I mean, that sounds crazy when people are like, what? A waiting list to experience this? Yes. Because when you think of the human experience, think of like hugging that person. Mm-hmm. Think of being able to taste and drink and swim in the ocean. Think of all those yeah. experiences that you would not be able to do. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the I've seen angels and other deities like just look at us and just in awe. Like, oh my god, I wish I could experience, experience the, phys- the, yeah, physical the physical form, the touch, thing. things I can't even fathom. Just like we can't fathom a lot of the other things Thanks. in other realms. Yeah. Right, opposite. I'm like, oh, I can't yeah, wait to get yeah. out of this physical body to go yeah, across the cosmos. Yeah. I remember in ceremony <laughs> I remember in ceremony one time I saw this lineup of of ancestors and they were not in a physical form. They were like very geometrically shaped and i saw you know a very firm native looking guy with his arms crossed i saw an elderly woman then i saw this little joker dude little jester dude he's just looking a little squirrely and squirmy and he's running around and he's tapping all of them on his shoulder and pointing at me and he's like he's here he's here he's here oh my god he's here he was just excited excited to see me as i was to see them <laughs> so, so they look at us you know and they recognize our divinity honor what we are and they're willing to help us Oh, yeah, definitely. It's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you for having this 
engaging, intriguing conversation with me today. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast around ascension and transitions and so many other fun topics that we talked about today. You can connect with me at my website at www.alteredhaven.com and Bill Mays on Facebook. Become our friends on social media. And don't forget, I have some amazing metaphysical products and services available on my website. Just a reminder, life is short and unpredictable. Eat the dessert first. Namaste. Leave a like and subscribe.